Hello, hello, beautiful beings. This is Lauren Roberts with Rise Up on the Porch, and I'm so excited to share this potent, potent, potent episode with you guys. When I say this conversation flowed so easily, I mean it. It just, we sat down and immediately dropped in. Um, And those are the conversations I love. But before we jump into this podcast recording, I wanted to share something really exciting that has launched, that has been birthed with Rise Up Live Bright. I have created my first online course, and this course is called Becoming My Own Best Friend. This course is the first step towards activating your self-love and is a space for you to get to know yourself layer by layer. In this course, you will cultivate a grounding practice to grow a strong connection with yourself, break down the boxes you may be living within, and truly get to know who you are through each portal of this course. You'll learn to become deep in presence with yourself and call in devotion so you can actually experience this healing deep within your ecosystem. My hope is by the end of this course, you will have a profound connection to yourself, clarity on who you are, and the ability to show up for yourself like never before. In this course and within the five portals, it will include channeled visualization meditations directly downloaded from spirit. So these are very activating meditations, pre-recorded healing discussions. So I will drop into spirit and these, this is actually like a portal that is being created with these healing discussions, guided emotional freedom technique. So it's emotional freedom tapping within your body, self-love embodiment practices, activating journal prompts, and guidelines to create a sustainable self-love practice. And through each of these portals, this is where you're going to get to know yourself by creating grounding devotional practices in your life. You will have this tool, these tools for lifetime access. So while you'll utilize this course for the two months, 60 days, which I recommend, this is something that is meant to come back to over and over again during your journey to activating self-love and getting to know yourself. My question is, are you ready to become your own best friend? Are you ready to tune into your inner bestie? Because I know for me, when I started my own personal self-love journey, when I sat down, I was like, wow, I really want to tune into how I show up for my best friend, but do that for myself. Talk to myself the way a best friend would, love myself the way a best friend would, and really show up when things get hard like a best friend would. So you are able to pre-sign up now. And if you pre-sign up now, you can use code BESTIE at checkout and receive $111 off until January 1st. And the course officially opens January 6th. So you can start the new year really cultivating those practices, really getting to know yourself and make 2023 the year where you really tune in to your inner bestie energy and really activate that self-love and really learn and experience the ability to love yourself that is already in there. And so this course encapsulates all that in a beautiful energetic portal. Again, if you use code BESTIE at checkout, you'll receive $111 off until January 1st. And I'm so, so excited for you to join this beautiful portal that has been cultivated and has been wanting to birth for a long, long time. You can find the link in the show notes to find out more information and to purchase. And I'm really looking forward to holding space for you and guiding you on your journey. Let's get this episode started. I'm going to hand it over to her and tell me a little bit about you. Tell the listeners a little bit about you. <laughs> All right, where do I begin? <laughs> There's so much. When people ask me, like, what do you do? I'm like, uh, how much time do you, do you have? Um, well, hi, I'm Cheval. And um, I have been on my own healing journey for the last four years. Um, and through my own awakening to just realizing that there's so much more to life than the way that I've been living in that very victimized, traumatized headspace, um, I just started to wake up to a whole new Pandora's box of opportunities for me that I had no idea even existed. 
Um, so what I do is that I am a integration psychedelic and plant medicine integration coach and um, support guide for those who have had psychedelic experiences to help them integrate and understand what to do now mm -hmm. after such a transformative experience. I'm also a ceremonialist and a healer and offer uh, plant medicines in really safe and trauma-informed spaces. So I offer hape ceremonies, mapacho clearing and cleanses, as well as with my partner, Combo. Um, so I'm very, very committed and, and devoted and uh, passionate about plant medicines, mm. but in a very trauma-informed and safe space. Mm, I think that's so important because I think the idea of having a psychedelic experience, whatever plant medicine you use, it's so important to have a space where you can integrate it because mm -hmm. so much comes up. And mm -hmm. I know personally, a lot of humans who have gone through that and don't integrate it properly. Mm -hmm. And then there, you know, there's things that come up for them that they can't hold. Oh, for sure. And so I love that you hold space for that and that you're trauma informed mm -hmm. when it comes to plant medicines and psychedelic therapies. Um, me personally, I actually work with microdose psilocybin. I find it to be something that really allows me to move through, let's say, denser energies that's coming forward. It really allows my heart to open and feel more connected. And I have had so many beautiful downloads and channels. And I mean, honestly, like this space and having the confidence to like reach out to people and be like, will you be on my <laughs> podcast and things like that. So I really do think plant medicine specifically can be used in such a beautiful way in a supported space. Oh, 100%. And plant medicines are really beautiful allies and teachers and guides mm -hmm. and, and tools really to support us in removing and working through whatever isn't really authentic to our soul and who we are. And they're really benevolent and really like amplifiers of the intention of the soul, of, of your soul's path and of your heart's intention. Um, and they're really beautiful. but they can also be dangerous. Mm -hmm. And I've experienced that myself, so thank you for just reflecting to me that, you know, that you appreciate that I help people in integration because if you don't have the proper uh, foundation or, or guidance or support to know how to prepare for an experience, how to navigate an experience, and then afterwards how to navigate the timeline shift and the complete change in reality, <laughs> you can get really Fucked. Yeah. <laughs> you can get really fucked, like for yeah. real, and that's what I experienced, mm. and, I, and I'm grateful that I did. My first experience uh, with ayahuasca, I think, was really my initiation on my path. Um, do we go into that just? Yeah, yeah we're going to ask you that anyway. So okay. thank you for just tuning into the intuition. <laughs> my intuition, my senses are on. So before I'll go into that, I just want to say that um, I grew up in a very Jewish, sheltered, like Israeli life in mm -hmm. Staten Island, New York. And I always was told like, drugs are bad, never do drugs. And not saying that medicine is drugs, but you know, from that reality, it was. Um, so for me, I came from a very sheltered, like be a good Jewish woman. Your goal is to get married, have babies, maybe be like a hairdresser, nothing wrong with that, but like, that's it, right? And I, I tried to go down that path and the universe was like, Nah, bitch, you ain't going down that path. Swerve real quick, and uh, I'm grateful for that. And what happened afterwards was me starting to go to festivals, mm. and festivals opened up my mind to a world of like true, unique authenticity and self-expression that I never even knew existed. Um, and the reason I'm saying this is that I went to festivals for four years, never worked, I never touched drugs, mm. drugs, medicine. I never touched any of it. I was so afraid of it. And I think it was good. I think I was tuning into my intuition that if I touched that, I wouldn't, it would have been a bad idea. Like it would have been too much for me for the level of trauma that I had stored within my somatic body and just my subconscious. Um, so what's, what happened first was that Four years ago, I just had like a, a realization that I'm just stuck in the victim. I'm blaming everyone for all of my suffering. I hate, I was hating everyone. I was so angry. <laughs> I was just like, like the storm of so much of, um, emotion. So I started meditating and from there, psychedelics started to peep their heads in. Mm -hmm. And I'm grateful for that because I had already a spiritual understanding and foundation of myself, 
of like understanding my own mind and, and going into it from like that step felt to me like I was taking the right step into, into that space. Um, so I started working a little bit with MDMA at festivals and then I felt like it was too much to do at festivals and then I met my partner um, and our first date was a mushroom, <laughs> a mushroom experience in the forest. I mean, come on. It was an initiation. Honestly, this whole relationship has been an initiation. Mm. Um, so we started working with psilocybin uh, quite quite often, but in an intentional way. You know, I, I can't really do the recreational because the medicine calls me to do a lot of deep work and there was a lot of trauma that I needed to unpack. Um, so I sat with a lot of psilocybin with my mm. partner, Josh. Um, and a lot of the mother wound came out. And then after like two months of working with psilocybin, and this is, mind you, like March 2020, <laughs> the beginning of COVID. Yeah. The beginning of COVID, God was like, all right, you got to do work. It's time for you to sit your ass down and drink some medicine. Um, and then right after that, ayahuasca came into my life. Like just a knock mm. on the door was like an opportunity uh, was offered to me. And I said, it was like a full fuck yes, because I knew that whatever was going to be there for me, I needed to face, navigate, and run into so that I can like break the cycle of trauma that I experienced from my, my family, my mom, and everything. And boy, was it. <laughs> there was so much there. Um, so my first experience, I sat in uh, Ithaca, New York, and uh, it was a really beautiful space. And uh, I learned a lot about what not to experience from that space. Uh, it was not a trauma-informed space at all. Um, the medicine facilitator and person who was uh, hosting the space, um, immediately the second I met them, they were just like all shaky and all stressed and like, mm -hmm. ah, like crying about their lives, which is already like, that's not, that's not a good way to, to like, you know, be introduced to a space. Um, and pretty much in that space, I was not really given the choice. I wasn't like, there was no back information of like what ayahuasca really is, what is going to be happening in the space, what to expect. There was no sense of choice of where I can even sit in the space, if I'm comfortable in the space. It just felt like I needed to be, like what was expected to me of me was kind of to just go into the space as like a warrior and if there's pain that's good like be in pain like you need to kind of pain it like you know what i mean like be, be yeah. in pain about it um yeah so there, there, there was a lot that came up in that space <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah i i feel like and to be transparent and honest like i personally have not experienced ayahuasca for those reasons right. because i have not felt the calling to a space that feels authentic safe or grounded mm -hmm. um it has been ayahuasca has come to me with spit people you know like there is an ayahuasca church in the orlando area please don't sit there yes please do there's there. also like you know at this other so she has come to me but she keeps on telling me not yet i'm just yes. telling you my presence is here Amazing. and to use discernment so Amazing. i love that you shared that story because i think this is also an invitation for the listeners if this goes with i think any psychedelic medicines is that use discernment mm -hmm. you your body will know exactly so thank you for sharing that that was the greatest lesson that i got was the power of discernment because even before the experience, my body was telling me, this doesn't feel right, this isn't right, this is weird, something's, something's not here. And I didn't have the confidence or the trust within myself to honor my own intuition. And I, I really paid for that. The first, my first night of that, the first ceremony was okay, it was not uh, like traumatizing, but the second day, again, like, like I said, I wasn't given any choice. And I, was, I went into it with so much fear and a, and a feeling within my body that this isn't right. Like my intuition was telling me, but I, I still sat and I drank whatever medicine was given to me. And um, I just remember, I, I, I just spiraled. Like I was not, my nervous system was not ready to be able to be amplified to that degree. And the medicine woman, woman there didn't hold a space that was safe. And that's something that's really important. Like really, getting to know your practitioner, like just even by talking to them, just like mm -hmm. feeling them, feeling them out. Does it feel right? Would you want to have a conversation with them? Would you even want to like be around them? That's one. Knowing that you always have 
a choice. You know, once choice is taken away from someone, that creates trauma. What is trauma? Removing someone's sovereignty. Mm. Um, but what really fucked me up was that uh, in, in ceremonial spaces, more specifically the deeper plant medicines like ayahuasca, San Pedro, Bufo, all these really high up there medicines, in ceremony, there are rules. There are traditions for a reason to create, to, to hold the sanctity and the, the, the safety of the space. And with that, that means that there's energetic boundaries and that there is no touching practitioner mm. to, to client and any other person because the, the veil is so thin. Mm. So in the space that I sat in the second night, that medicine woman was trying to heal me and touched me, mm. was giving me a healing in my back and like pretty much a massage for 10 minutes. And from that moment on, I lost my mind in the space. Mm. I lost my mind. And so much opened up from that space. Like I went through the dark night of the soul that year afterwards. Like a lot of darkness came up and I couldn't tell if it was even mine. Mm. And now I know that it wasn't. So there's an energy transference. So I am so passionate about this because there's such a, everyone wants to, to work with psychedelics. We are in the psychedelic renaissance and they are amazing, but tread lightly. Like, these are the keys to the universe. This, this is the keys to God. And you have to be weary of unearned wisdom or you, you, there's going to be a lot of work to be done afterwards. Mm, yeah, I feel that. And I also think there is people who are meant to mm -hmm. do psychedelic yes. experience and then there's others who are not. Mm -hmm. And I think there is a difference between doing it because you think it's cool and to say you did it or to do it because it's the going calling. to serve you and there's a calling yeah for sure. um and that's something that i have since i got initiated have experienced is that even with microdosing and psilocybin there will be a month where i microdose two months and then psilocybin's like Enough. take a take yes. a back burner yep. mama cacao same thing mm -hmm. okay here, I want you to do this for five months straight and then put me on the back burner and move. So it's like you really, when you start tuning into your inner compass and I'm gonna plug this self-love, I think you really grow your intuition and your discernment of what is right for you, what is not right for you and really learning to evolve. And you know, you really have to listen to the plants <laughs> and your energy field, your soul. What's your soul telling you to do? Um, so with that, on that note, what are, what's the difference between the different medicines you work with? Mm. Yeah, I mean, so I work with a lot of different medicines, but the medicines that are really close to me and on my altar, I work with hape, which is made out of mapacho. Um, mapacho is the purest form of tobacco and it comes straight from the Amazon. And tobacco is a really powerful spirit protector, guide, and grandfather medicine that's been around from the beginning of times. I mean, tobacco has always been used in ceremonies or just in the traditions in the indigenous cultures and Native American traditions as well for protection of the land and the space. Um, so mapacho um, is a really, really powerful grandfather kind of protective medicine that when you work with him, he really helps you ground into your body and helps kind of let you work through or move through any kind of panema, which is known negative energies or just mm -hmm. kind of maybe trauma or anything that you are looking to work through. Um, and also helps you connect with your own skills, talents, and um, your own gifts. Mm -hmm. uh, and it also supports you in um, just sharpening your intuition because especially with hape, since it is a pulverized powder uh, made with mapacho and different plants, so it depends on the hape and the, the tribes that make it, um, and it's made in a ceremony. So mm -hmm. the elders are sitting there, not sitting there, like dancing with it and singing over <laughs> it and praying over it. Uh, so it's a really beautiful ceremonial experience that you are receiving into your body. Um, and once you work with that, that's an ally for you. You know, like that, that energy doesn't really leave. Mm -hmm. There's like, like uh, things that start to open up for you and, and a whole other path that you start to walk on. Um, so hape is a powder and it's administrated through the nose. So it goes straight to the pineal gland and decalcifies the pineal gland. Um, and it's a really powerful medicine that just supports you in connecting deeper to your, yourself. Mm -hmm. I love that. So 
before we move on to other plant medicines, other psychedelic medicines, talk about when you decalcify the the gland, what what occurs for you? Because I love that. I take Ormus, and it's just like after a few months, it just you can feel the difference of your intuition and connection with spirit. So, do you mind just um, going a little deeper on that? Yeah, yeah. sure. Um, so like I'm sure you've already shared on your podcast, but the pineal gland is the seat of the soul and it's right here in between your eyebrows. And due to the foods that we eat, the waters we drink and all these, you know, our environment, it becomes calcified and kind of shut off. So the more that you do work, whether it's meditation, breath work, drinking cacao, all the, there's so many tools to decalcify the pineal Mm. gland, not just one. But hape specifically, because it's made of such sacred medicine and is administrated directly into mm-hmm. your nose and comes up to your pineal gland, you feel it here. Mm-hmm. Um, it's kind of like a, like it depends on the experience, but it can be a little bit, a little burny, a little mm-hmm. cooling, um, and then it settles. And the more that you work with the medicine and you uh, cultivate a relationship from honor and reverence and sacredness, the more that the medicine opens you up in such a way that is so unique to you that helps your soul kind of even more come out. And it could be with so many different tools, not just hop in. Yeah, oh, I love that. I was like, I wanna like dive into that deeper. <laughs> okay, so what are some other medicines that are close to your heart? <sighs> it's a list, but um, Mapacho as well, uh, the, the the cigarette, um, the one that, that I, I do cleanses, smoke cleanses with mm. that, to just protect myself and, and the space. Um, ayahuasca. Of course, ayahuasca. Um, I've had a very different kind of journey with her, but she is always close to my heart, and I feel her every day, mm-hmm. every moment of my life. She is with me, and I pray to her constantly. San Pedro, uh, powerful cactus, ma- uh, another grandfather, masculine energy as well. I work with a lot of masculine energy, which makes sense because I don't know five five stellium Capricorn. I don't know. I feel like there's a lot of good masculine energy within me. Um, what else? Psilocybin has been a huge teacher in my life. But to be real, I love what you said about the medicine. Like, you know, you may work with some medicine for a month or two, even a year. Like, I worked with medicine for a year and a half, maybe two years nonstop because the medicine was like, please, there's a lot of trauma for you to unpack. But honestly, for the last year, like the entire year of 2022, I've barely worked with medicine. I sat with ayahuasca once in a very titrated, very uh, regulated, balanced way. And I've just been, I, even happy, I'm not even sitting with it as much and, and honoring that. If I'm not feeling the call, that means I'm here to integrate and I'm being. Mm-hmm. There's so much power in the beingness. Um, and then other medicines, Bobinsana. Mm-hmm. Do you know Bobinsana? No. Oh, I'm like, you're saying things I don't know and I'm learning too, <laughs> so I'm really excited about it. <laughs> oh my gosh. Uh, Bobinsana is a really beautiful uh, master, um, master plant and teacher in the Amazon. She grows by the, the river edges and is known to be the mermaid of the, of the mm-hmm. Amazon. She actually is re- related to the mimosa tree here in Florida. So the Bobinsana flower looks exactly mm-hmm. like yeah, that. I'm familiar with mimosa. It's beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> um, and she's a heart opener. Mm-hmm. So when you sit with her in Dieta, which is like a time where you go into the jungle and you prepare for it and you sit in isolation for either eight days, 14 days, or 30, you are literally opening your heart you are working with this medicine she opens your heart helps you heal whatever it is that needs to be there and opens you up mm-hmm. to a whole other timeline of your gifts and your potentiality um so Bobinsana, i work with her because i can't go to the amazon yet um i work with her at home i make Bobinsana honey mm-hmm. and then sit with Bobinsana hape and just feel such a call to her mm-hmm. yeah when you said that i was like my body was like, just got like excited. So I was like, oh, I'm gonna need to talk to you a little bit more after the podcast. <laughs> yeah. Usually for me, if something is calling to me, I feel it in my body. Yeah. So I get really excited mm-hmm. or things. If my body feels resistant, that's a no. Yeah. I'm a generator in human design. Me too. So, yeah. So you have to literally have to feel lit up. Yeah. You know? yeah. <laughs> is there any other medicines that are close to your heart that you'd like to share? Combo. Combo. <laughs> Combo. Oh, Mr. Combo. Combo is a frog medicine. Um, and he it's another masculine energy. Mm. He's known as Doctorcito, which is the doctor of the jungle. 
Um, and he is a really powerful medicine that is so intelligent that once applied to you, he just like scans your body and knows exactly where to go to just really support the re reset, regenerate. Mm -hmm. I can't say that word, but <laughs> uh, English is my second language. So sometimes I forget how to say things, but uh, it just like literally like flips the cells and helps pull out whatever it is that needs to be purged out. So it's a really powerful medicine and it's an instant timeline shift. So like whatever intention it is, say it is like, I don't know, you want to stop smoking weed or something. That could be an intention because many people feel that way. If you set that intention with the medicine and you really ask combo, like help me, you know, detach myself from this attachment that I have or whatever it is that I have connected, he will come in and like go to the source and support <laughs> you. And then afterwards there's like a quick timeline shift that you're like in, a, in that reality and you have a choice. You can either go back to the old way or you can continue to walk on that path. Mm. So powerful medicine. Yeah, that sounds really powerful. I love, and what I've been hearing is timeline shifts, um, and I think that's really important to kind of speak more about yeah. because that's something I found with working with psilocybin, even Mama Cacao, um, not a psychedelic, um, is that you do feel this like shift mm -hmm. in this timeline sh timeline shift, and I have been in circumstances where even microdose, where the next day, even though it's not the day of, I took, I still feel the medicine oh, working yeah. through me. And I literally have said to myself, what is, what is being human? Like these out of life experiences, you know, or like, you know, like what is an identity? Like, who would I be without all this material? Like just thoughts like that. And it is like a slight timeline shift. Mm -hmm. And what would you recommend for people, even if they're not on plant medicine, they're just doing deep meditation, spiritual practices, because I think that is, that is even powerful to oh, shift timelines or to meet a version of yourself you've been calling forward for a long time. Um, what do you recommend for people to really nurture that, um, let's say, energy or initiation? Hmm. I would say... To first focus on what you have at hand mm. you know if you're if you're looking to uh, go somewhere um, you know maybe first be where you are and get clear on it, what exactly is it you're calling in and why you're meditating or why you are turning to medicines whether it's cacao or whatever it is like why are you why are you here why are you picking up this really powerful tool what is your intention here and then really um, becoming aware of your own body and your nervous system and just working on that right away. Um, that's what I would recommend for people to just first regulate and balance themselves, be where they are first and then work slowly mm. because these are all really powerful tools. And just with meditation alone, I mean, that's what I started. I meditated for six months, literally so much nonstop. And then the medicine comes to me. So don't try so hard to get somewhere and be where you are first and from your intention and your heart and whatever you're connecting to whatever dream whatever it is like connect to it let it go and be here it will come to you mm, yeah i love that i love that i tell a lot of my clients on um like their self-love journey you know they want to reach this next version of self and i ask them i say well, are you grateful for where you are now? Mm -hmm. And they're like, what? And I'm like, yeah, have you, are you grateful? Have you accepted yourself for where you're at now? And if the answer is no, there's work to be done in the present moment. And until you are give gratitude to present self and accept present self, those versions of self aren't going to meet you just yet because you're not ready for them, mm -hmm. you know, and you're not, you're not energetically aligned with them yet. And that might sound really harsh, but that's the reality. It's, it's the truth. Yeah, it's, it's okay the truth. to be there. Yeah. It took me a while. I mean, it took me a while, and I still go there sometimes. Like, the shadow is, is always going to be mm. there. Like, wherever you go, there there is your shadow. And your shadow isn't your enemy. Your shadow isn't there to haunt your life. Your shadow is there to show you, like, hey, I'm just the unhealed child within you that's really hurt because of whatever it is that you went through. Please love me. Mm -hmm. Please get curious with me. Like, that's what's helped me. Yeah. Seeing that as, like, five-year-old Cheval. Yeah, I love, um, I think, in any journey, 
you know, self-love journey, you know, self-love is just an umbrella term for so many things. It's just a label, right? Um, so whatever spiritual journey, self-love journey, it's all the same thing. Mm -hmm. I say it's, it's like how a rainbow is created. You can't have a rainbow without some darkness and some rain and some sunlight. If that didn't exist, rainbows wouldn't exist. And think of yourself like the rainbow between the sunshine and the darkness yes. and the tears, you know, and that's, who you are, the beautiful duality of being human. And I, even though it can feel so painful to feel your shadow or those edges come up, I think it's so important to meet them and embrace them and love them, you know, and see them as like this infinite galaxy within you that like is ready to explore. But yeah, I, I love shadow work and just like when you cathartic cry and can really feel it. <laughs> I do it often. Yeah, I I'm did it yesterday. <laughs> Actually, this week I've been good, but last Wednesday I was a mess. <laughs> I was, I, I, yesterday I just, I was working on something and then all of a sudden these like, yeah. <laughs> belonging feelings, feelings of failure. And I just was like, spirit was like, stop, stopped, journaled all these things and just was like, <laughs> you know? That's, that's just, that's the, that's the healing. Thing. Yes. <laughs> like that's why we're here. We're not here to like, yes, we're here to enjoy this world. Absolutely. But we are souls having this human experience meant to feel every emotion fully. I forget who it was that said this, but like bliss is any emotion fully felt. Mm. And like people so often try to avoid like uncomfortable emotions, but there is so much power in your pain mm -hmm. and it's just how you respond to it. That makes it suffering. If you deny it, if you judge it, if you think it's wrong, and you're, su you're suffering even more. Like, mm. There's so many tools. And this is what ayahuasca showed me. I went to the depths of my fucking darkness. <laughs> I had no idea I had that much pain within my body. And I had to learn how to meet that pain from a balanced way, a loving way. And that's been my journey. And that's why I'm so mm. passionate about integration. Integration is life. Yes. Not just after a psychedelic experience. Mm. I love that. Sometimes I think about how our souls chose to be here. Our souls were like, no, I want to feel all the feelings of what it means to be human. So I remind myself that when I'm in the depths of like, no, my soul chose to be human to feel all these emotions. And think of it, I like the, like, this just came to me when you said integrated, of like, our soul is integrating mm -hmm. while we're integrating as humans. Because yeah. we all exist. So it's like, imagine your soul integrating to learn how to be human just as much as your physical uh -huh. self. On so many timelines. For sure. Yeah. It's just God experiencing itself all over. Yes. <laughs> I had this conversation with my partner last night. We were, we were <laughs> talking about this. Of like, to talk about like bad versus good. Mm, oh, how yeah. much it doesn't actually exist. Because this may be a trigger. It's a trigger warning. But it's kind of true if you think about it. God is the rapist as much as it is the victim. Mm. It's both. And that's fucked up. Like God was just as much Hitler as he was the mm. prisoner. It's like, and that's fucking real. You know, so it's just, it's just, it helps kind of with the isness of like how Buddhism and Taoism and, and so many different uh, modalities teach us of, it's just the isness and the struggle that we feel is the acceptance of isness. Mm, I went yeah. on a whole other tangent. So <laughs> <laughs> no, that's okay. And you know, I want to say with these conversations on this podcast and stuff, we are here to meet the edges of conversations realness. and realness. Yes. So take what resonates with you yeah. and then let everything else flow. And these are just conversations. And I think, you know, some of the things that get brought up are things that we actually like think about and things that they're not said. So mm -hmm. I just like to mention that because I think some, you know, cancel culture and all this shit, I'm just like, let people speak yeah. if you can take what resonates and what doesn't. Like, I think, I think people have become very sensitive and, and it is our job. Like I know that the world isn't going to be protecting of me. It is my job mm. to protect myself and build the kind of skin and tool set for myself to be able to navigate this challenging world. So people will have opinions that I really don't care for and that's okay. But it's all it's all love because it's just all isness anyway. Yeah. <laughs> I actually had this conversation um, the other day, I forgot who it was with, but I was saying how, like, imagine like a super spiritual individual, and then there's like somebody who is a 
very, very Republican political person. Mm. They're no different than one another. No. Because they are stuck in this spirit, hugely spiritual person is stuck in this ego mm -hmm. identity. And they can't see outside the box that we're all, in the end, love. Yeah. Love. And this person, the very like conservative Republican, is no different because they are sticking to this identity. Mm -hmm. And so my invitation to anybody listening is to really sit with yourself and think about an identity that you are holding on to mm -hmm. that actually is not serving you anymore. Is it mm -hmm. causing harm? Is it causing um, you to be divided? Like keeping you from unity, keeping you from spaces that actually might be really beautiful for you and to learn and keep an open mind. Mm -hmm. And this is something that I found on my own spiritual and self-love journey is when I, I have always been a spiritual creative being. I always have, but I didn't really dive deep into it until I got initiated when I was like 25, 26. But then I realized what I was doing is I was really trying to be something that mm -hmm. I thought a spiritual person should be, be yeah. a person in self-love should be this yeah. like perfect being don't mm -hmm. watch TV yes. never eat French fries, yes. <laughs> you know, like I love a can of root beer every once in a while. I'm just oh, throwing it out there. Yes. And so I really sat with myself and cause it was actually doing me a huge disservice. Mm -hmm. Um, and I actually had to sit with myself and say, okay, like what aspects of these things I thought identities I thought were going to be good aren't mm -hmm. serving me anymore. Who is Lauren at its core without putting myself in a bigger box. Yeah. And so I really had to allow myself to melt away those identities and really see myself as a curious organic shape instead of just building bigger boxes around myself. Um, and that actually opened the door to so many things. Like I, people who in my life who let's say don't have the same political beliefs as me or they are super religious or whatever that may be. I actually now, instead of resisting them, I embrace them because I'm like, I love you and I see you. And I understand that you're just holding on to those identities of fear mm -hmm. and security um, and belonging. Mm -hmm. And so <laughs> that's something I, I like to say too a lot because that's that's just in my <laughs> ether right now is even finding that now of like what are things about myself that I just really need to let go of. And mm. I just think layer by layer of when you do that, you evolve and you can meet that like next 1, version 000, of self. 1,000%. There's my tangent. <laughs> I love your tangent. There's so many things that I'm like, ooh, I want to say, oh, yes, yes. <laughs> Um, just like the, the operation of like what lens we're operating mm. from and me and my team, we just, uh, held our second awakening bodies retreat here in Orlando. I saw that. It looked so beautiful. <laughs> it was amazing. And, and what, what you just spoke on is, is something that was such a big core of the retreat was there's a dangerous lens that we can operate from. And that lens is, I know, and I'm right. Mm. And we do that all in, in a way to protect ourselves of like, Oh, I know I am this way. Like if someone is very religious, right? And they have their their perspective on God or whatever it is. And they know they're right. And then I'm coming and I'm like, I know I'm right. And then we're coming. We're just going to explode. We're just going to have like a fight. There's just going to be resistance. But if you're able to let go of I know I'm right and see where they're they're coming from or see where you're coming from, there's actually an opportunity, opportunity there for connection. It may not be the perfect connection that you may have ex expected, but there's still an opportunity there for something. Mm. Right? Like I have people in my life that I love so much, but they don't see me. They don't speak my language. They don't know what the hell I do and who I am and what I what I am in this life. But I love them. So what I have to do is let go of I know and I'm right mm. and find a commonality of talking, whether it's about, I don't know, the weather or a TV show or whatever, but like, hey, I'd rather have that point of connection than there'd be a point of contention. Mm, oh, I love that so much. Yeah, there's been a few people in my life where, and I used to get so um, self-centered on it of like, they just don't see me. Mm -hmm. I have tattoos. I, I'm just, I've always been different from the world. And so, and they, they definitely reflected that insecurity within me. But then I realized I was doing what you said. The same to them, you know? Mm -hmm. And yeah, it's just, I think if you can see people outside of this, you know, and really if somebody's kind, if they're loving, they're understanding, if you can get down to like the, the core heart, right? and the heart, 
that's what matters the most. And that doesn't mean you have to be their best friend. No. Like these people that I'm talking about are my family members. Yeah. Like it's, it's my, I love my brother to death, but he doesn't understand the world that I live in. He's a chemical engineer. His brain is very much like <laughs> beep boop numbers and all that. And I'm just like, I feel everything, you know? So mm -hmm. I love him and I will not lose my brother because he, I, I need him to understand me. I know I needed to understand myself. And I know that if I felt misunderstood, I can come back into my own home, mm. my own home. My home is my body and myself. And remember who the fuck I am and my connection <laughs> to God, my connection to the plants and my connection to my community. Mm, yes. Oh, I love that so much. I love that so much. And it's also an invitation that it's like I have found too, just because I'm on this journey. Yeah doesn't mean somebody I love is going to be on a, the same exact journey and they might not find meditation or breathwork or whatever it may be through me. It might be through somebody else. And I'm saying this because this is just a recent example that happened in my life. I have somebody very, very close to me that I love, very different. Um, and they have really found breathwork and things like that through yoga and through being pregnant and I've been telling this person for years to do those things, but they resisted it, but they found it in a different way and not through me. And I was just like, it doesn't matter in mm -hmm. the end. It, all that matters is that this person is oh, finding yeah. peace, yeah. you know, and taking the ego away from it. I actually had a question that came up while you were speaking. Um, because you grew up in the Jew Jewish faith, um, and how did you navigate kind of re let's say melting away the confines of religion and have you explored the actual depth and core of what it actually means to be an ancestor mm. of that culture rather than religion i love that question <laughs> i was like i want to spirit dropped that question and i was like there's a there's something in there because i think sometimes there's so many people who have deep roots in culture, but they get boxed in by religion. Mm, mm. I love that. I love that so much. Um, something that I say and embody now is that I will be a Jewish woman forever. Like I, I feel like I've always been a Jewish woman in some some regard. I feel very connected to that. But uh, through my own spiritual awakening, just like four years ago, um, again, my mom was like, "Marry a Jewish man. Marry a Jewish man. Marry a Jewish mm. man." And I did marry a Jewish man when I, I was 18. And it was the most abusive relationship of my life that led me to my awakening. So I'm so grateful for that. But I had this, like, I just had that, like, kind of rebellious child. Like, like I don't want anything Jewish. I don't want to be Jewish. I was so angry at it. But the plants, you know, I had to do a lot of work through the guilt that came through. That Jewish guilt is real. I mm -hmm. <laughs> um, had to do a lot of work through that to let go of what isn't true, of, like, the stories, the dogma, the things that don't feel right for me and reconnect with the love and the wisdom and the the just the the magic of that religious kind of like where it came from like where it stemmed from not where like not the stories or or the the dogmatic way that it's been um taught you know like mm -hmm. i the book that really did that for me was conversations with god mm -hmm. have you read that i haven't i've heard of it i've not read it yet that book helped me so much because i felt so much guilt about mm -hmm. so many things and that book helped me realize that god is not a, a fearful god god doesn't god loves everything god loves everyone no matter what you do god loved hitler god accepted hitler into heaven god accepted all of it because god created that person you know that person um, and it just helped me kind of have that like, oh shit, I don't need to fear God. I love God. So today I am a Jewish woman to the core, but I don't, I don't identify with a religion. I love all of them. I love Jesus and I love Buddha and I like, I am everything because what I believe is that all of these religions, all of these traditions, all of these ways are just songs and harmonies, different songs but singing the same kind of words, maybe in a different language, to get to the core of it, which is love. But the vehicle that created religion fucked that up because they wanted to create fear and, and control. Mm -hmm. So whatever is coming from fear, control, or dogma, I know it isn't God. That is man. Whatever is coming from the benevolent, like, infinite, wonderful, just, like, amplifying you and your soul, that is God. Mm -hmm. So... 
to answer <laughs> that question. I was like, I know this was gonna get deep. <laughs> I, 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 I'm all, I'm all of it. Yeah. Like if someone was, if we had everyone, a representative of all religions, I would sit here and listen to, uh, I'm like, I wanna hear the wisdom. Mm. Don't tell me the fear, tell me the love. Why do you love your religion? Why do you love God? What is it? And I would mm. take a little bit from everyone. It's like a smorgasbord of love. Oh, I love that. I love that. I love that. <laughs> but there is, like, I do know. Um, so I went through a period of my time where I was deep within Buddhism. And it's still, I literally, I have a Buddhist tattoo on, like, I always, like, kind of signify my spiritual journey with tattoos. <laughs> like, it's just so my marking. I mean, I'm going to tattoo right Yeah. Now. It's just, like, a remembrance of that part of myself. And it always holds so deep into my into my ecosystem and I grew up Episcopalian and I have realized that while that's not like very strict Christ Christianity, there is still things in my life that were very <laughs> oppressive, yeah. you know, and things like that. And so, but my fam my mom and my father never forced me to be religious, you know, or anything like that. My grandmother's a deacon in the church. Mm -hmm. um, and so she loved Jesus, but she accepts me. And so that's like, I've had a very beautiful relationship with religion, but I also have had the opposite of being um, very judged by Catholic faith. Mm. And so it's very interesting. Religion, I love it. I think it serves a purpose, but as long as it doesn't exclude yeah. and exile people. Any kind of division I don't think is God. No, no. That's, that's why I don't identify, right? that's, yeah. why, that's why I don't go to synagogue because literally in the synagogue the women are separated from the men. Mm, yeah. yeah. So bye. <laughs> I would say I always say um, religion is a fishbowl, confined, no space to grow or evolve. And spirituality, whatever that means to you, is mm. the ocean, vast and deep. Yeah, that, that's why I think I really identify. Fluid. I, I really connect with plant medicines mm. because it is undeniable that we are the children of the earth, <laughs> that the mother is, is our mother, like, you know, and, and, and these medicines connect us to truth. Mm. It's just truth. Yeah. There is no denying of it in love, the infinite love of these medicines. It's just God coming in and showing you, like, you, you know, mm. that you've never been disconnected from it. It's just the mind who thought that was. So mm. my, I, I pray to the trees and I pray to the earth and I pray to the plants and and I know that God is that is God, like God, God is everything. So um, I don't care anymore about the people that may come from my path. I just don't even think about it because mm -hmm. I know that when they see me, they cannot conceptualize or understand who I am until they have their own awakening. And I've had that people from my past come to me and they're like, Shaval, what are you doing? Like, I see what you're doing. I just woke up to this. Like people are like waking up and they're like, oh, now I see what you're doing. But in, in the other people are like, <laughs> and that's fine. That's fine. Yeah. Because I don't, I don't, I'm not meant to be everyone's medicine no. person. I'm not meant to be everyone's cup of tea and I'm not expecting myself to be. Oh, I love that. That's, and that's an invitation for anybody listening, right? Is that, um, and I actually had to heal from that with people pleasing or wanting to be liked so much because yeah. I wanted to belong. Yeah. And you get to a point where I think it's like when you really tap into your self-love and self-worth and that like literally divine loving consciousness consciousness within you you stop caring so much because you know that you are learning to live authentically and I say learning because I don't think you ever truly find your authenticity I think it's ever evolving mm -hmm. I had somebody shoot in my dms and was like Lauren how did you find your purpose and I was like well I'm still finding it it's, it's ever evolving That's yes so beautiful and she goes it. thank you for that reminder I was like yeah like yeah I have like the pearl of what I do which is love you know, like I really try to connect people with that divine loving consciousness, consciousness within them because I think that's really healing mm. and it really elevates the world and the collective because you treat people better mm -hmm. and yourself better. But it's an, it's, it's just a reminder that if you are open to evolving and not sticking to that one thing, yeah. life is infinite mm -hmm. and beautiful. Mm -hmm. Okay. So on that note, I want to ask you with your knowledge on plant medicine and your own spiritual journey and all that, the, all that goodness and juiciness. How does this work really help you cultivate that self-love within? Mm -hmm. um, yeah, so, so the plants have shown me 
my biggest work yet mm. was, was my shadow. Uh, because I've had so much pain in my life, you know, again, trigger, trigger warning, I've had a lot of sexual trauma, I've had a lot of trauma, I've had a lot of uh, narcissism, mm. just manipulation, and, and a lot of that from like a very young age until I was 21. So before I can connect with everything that is in my life, the plants were like, mirror this shadower. You, mm. you, need to, you need to sit with this and learn how to dance with her and how to love her. So. Um, really learning how to regulate my nervous system, going to therapy, uh, being in community, and just reading. Like I read, I'm constantly doing the work. I'm journaling, I'm meditating, I'm, I'm always on, on it. Um, but from that, from my pain, from my suffering, and me coming back to the medicine after having such a traumatic first experience, because I, I knew I needed to come back, so I had to recultivate a relationship with this medicine in a very slow, but like filled with prayer way, I think my my commitment, like my calling really, it was my soul telling me I need to be here mm. and fear is there and resistance is there, but that's okay. And just continuing to do that, I, my, my life just opened up for me. I had no idea, for real. If you told me in high school or even in college that I'd be working with psychedelics and plant medicines and, and helping people um, on their journeys in this way, I would I would have laughed. I had no mm. idea. I, mean, I thought I was gonna be a therapist, and what I do is kind of like therapy. But um, yeah, I think I think for anyone listening, you know, because I remember when I was in the early on in, in my my spiritual awakening, just like I want to be like them, and I want to be like them, and I want to be like mm. them. I already want to get there. I I acknowledge that. I recognize that. I think it's beautiful that your heart is being pulled to something more amazing keep tuning into what that is like what will light you up but also be where you are because mm -hmm. you are where you are for a reason and whatever struggle it is that you're maybe trying to avoid or numb out that's your gateway that's your doorway and don't try to do it alone like if you don't have a therapist find a good therapist or find a good coach or find someone to support you because I try to do it on my own and, and it's, it's hard yeah I think one of the most powerful things you can invest in, and this is speaking as for somebody who is a mentor and like as you as well, um, but as somebody who also has that who has invested in mentors myself Same and here. therapies, um, the most powerful thing you can do is take that take that abundance, and instead of investing it in a material yes. item, which is beautiful, invest it in your well being, your self love, your healing. Um, because really investing in an empathetic guiding light is so powerful. Mm -hmm. Like I know there's a lot of science behind um, how investing in and having somebody hold space for you who is empathetic is actually like very, very healing. Like there's a lot of science and research behind that. But also energetically. Yes, like, yes. Let's, for, let's not forget that we are <laughs> not just limited to this human meat suit right now. We are in an infinite, mm -hmm. limitless reality of God is everywhere and the, and the universe, God is just waiting for you to ask and for you to invest in yourself. So think about it on, on an energetic yes. level, that if you have the opportunity to work with a mentor, a coach, a support system, something like that, or to buy a new bag, right? Like which one is going to really open you up and, and like align you to your life? And also when you invest in yourself like that, when you're putting money into yourself like that, that shit's gonna come back to you 20-fold, 100-fold, mm -hmm. because you are investing in your well-being, which is in the highest good of all and God. Yes, yeah, and I wanna say that's that could be anything from like a yoga class or, you sound know, healing. sound healing yeah. or, you know, like literally anything, going on a retreat. Um, I just, I've learned that time and time again. I used to be that one person who, and it's run to my family, this is definitely a generational thing, who would like binge shop to feel better. <laughs> That's how and yeah, mom would bond. yeah, <laughs> I'd be like Amazon, Amazon. But now I learned that I would get to a point where, and then I'd like purge it all, like six months later, because my life would be just so full of shit, for real, and material crap. And I mean, literally, right here, I have a corner filled with stuff I'm getting rid of because that's just who I am now. I'm just like, okay, this is and, and isn't energetically serving me anymore. Let's move it forward. But I have learned that investing my wealth is more beneficial to invest in myself mm -hmm. or invest it in like, let's say my partnership or my friends 
I'd rather, instead of getting a gift for my friend, like a physical material gift, I'd rather give them something that's going to be an experience and benefit mm. them. Yeah, or make him like really yummy food. I love making a big bowl of soup for my friends. Yum. I know. <laughs> I love soup. Big chunky soup potato. Oh, it's delicious. <laughs> oh my God. I know. Um, okay, so we can literally have have this conversation for like three hours. You're definitely going to be on again. Yay. Because I think there, we can do things that are a little more specific. For sure. So this is a good starting point. I'm so excited for what's to come. Mm. What, where do you find your self-love in your life? I want to end on that. Mm. How do you tap into that self-love? How do you keep it thriving through all of it? Through the shadow work, through the medicine, through just existing as a human being? My prayer. Just my prayer my my conversation within myself to God and just gratitude dancing and, and reaching for the things that light me up and looking at the trees or looking at the butterflies that are so beautiful in your in your backyard it's in those moments really you know um, living life in prayer mm. because life is the ceremony the ceremony itself is just a quick little ride to show you that life is constant prayer mm. would you be open to sharing a prayer mm. a downloaded prayer it doesn't have to be long um <laughs> put me on the spot i know oh, i'm sorry um it's funny because like the prayers that i have been praying in in ceremony spaces that i've been holding have been in hebrew oh um just like channeled in hebrew which is what's connecting me back into the to my where i come from mm. um but <laughs> Oh, the mailman's jamming in. I know. Okay. <laughs> See, that's how you connect to yes. life. Yes. We're both like, like, what is that sound? Um, okay, so for prayer, yes. Thank you, God. Thank you, Pachamama. Thank you to the plants. Thank you to all of life for all of the abundance, the blessings, the joy, the lessons, everything that is our life. Thank you for giving us this opportunity to connect deeper to ourselves and, and opening up doorways for us to get to know ourselves and our truth more and more every day. Thank you, God. Thank you, Pachamama. Thank you to the plant kingdom, the animal kingdom, and to every person in my life or in your life that is a reflection of love because that is what we are. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you. Oh, I love that. I was like, I just want to end with your, you said prayer. Let's end with a prayer. And so for anybody listening, you are welcome to play that back, put your hands on your heart, really tune into that. And that's like such a beautiful invitation. And I know I've been saying invitation a lot, but I think when you're listening to these really conscious and intentional podcasts, it's these are literally pearls of invitations for yourself to implement these things into your life, to get curious, to really pivot from not judgment to that curiosity. We take the judgment off and just like really reflect that back and turn it around and be like, no, okay, like I'm being judgmental. Like, let's actually be curious about this space or like, why am I feeling like this or this one thing? Try it once. If you don't like it, move on. Awesome. That's what I'd say. Yeah. Actually, try it twice. <laughs> because the first time you might be a little nervous resistant. and yeah. resistant. Try it twice and then move forward. So where can everybody find you? Yeah. Um, so on Instagram, it's at cheval.rose. Um, and me and my partner have our offerings, and our medicine mm -hmm. offerings, uh, transformational medicine. That's the Instagram handle. Uh, where we offer combo, hape, mapacho, and actually microdosing mentorships mm. um, and coaching, integration coaching. So that's on the transformational medicine um, Instagram. Um, and then my website is still being updated and developed, <laughs> but you can just reach out to me and schedule a call with me through my uh, link tree on my Instagram or just say hello and I'd love to connect with oh, you. Oh, I love that. And I will have all her information in the show notes. Um, in the episode notes and yeah, I am so grateful that you are here. I'm so excited that the seed has been planted for future. I would also love to have you and your partner on together and maybe talk about a couples, um, do a couples episode and yeah, life is beautiful. Life is duality. Life is love mm -hmm. and thank you. Thank you so much. You're mm -hmm. such a beautiful human being and 
know that you are making a difference just by you existing and you being you. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. Thank you for your audience for listening. I really appreciate mm -hmm. it. And this conversation is so juicy and you're so beautiful. Oh, thank you. So I'm so excited because this is the first time we met in human form. Yes. Um, so there, this, this seed's being planted and I'm so oh, excited. Beautiful garden. Yay. You can't tell we're earth science. <laughs> All right.